Frank, 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 Frank. Now, listen, um, how many times has iTunes and Apple Music really wanted you to listen to that one U2 album? Like, all the time, right? You know, I, I after that album, I just stopped using the app permanently. <laughs> I just stopped. I stopped. You know, it's a, we, we could do whole episodes on music history and how us oldies used to collect music and how I, I, I've given up on all of it now. Um, so I don't even open any of those apps anymore. It's really, it's really funny because, uh, one of the things that the iPhone loves to do is when you plug into new media sources, it really wants to, it really wants to play music. And on my iPhone, cause I'm not, I've never been an iPhone user up until like two years ago, which means on my Apple account, I only have one album, which is the U2 album. And I know that there's a way to get rid of it. Heather did it somehow, but it was like, she had to like install like iTunes and then do this other thing. And then like write a message to Bono and be like, I really want to get rid of this album. And then Bono had to approve it and like sign off on it. So I am curious about that. Someone should do a YouTube documentary and say like, because I, my guess was, I thought maybe I'm just, just, it's all up in my head, but I thought that they had made it easier slash it's not forced down on anyone anymore but for everyone who had the account back then. So without looking, I am curious whether I have it, but I refuse to open the app. So no, not going to happen. Well, reminiscing of the days of yore, um, the Zune's back. Did you know that? Oh, I, you know what? I I hope all we're going to do is talk about the Zune today because uh, (laughs) is this a Scott Hanselman thing? Are are we just following Scott Hanselman or is this a Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) thing? Or is this us just going to reminisce about 2005? When when was the Zune out? I've forgotten already. Okay, so here's here's the deal. Uh, When I was... A kid. Uh, it came out in 20, 2006, so very close. Now, when I was a kid, I had CD players, and I love CD players and cassette players. I followed the evolution of music. Now, when I heard that there was an, a thing called Napster, where I could peruse music and have access to legally backups of the music CDs that I purchased... And listen to them anywhere. And there's a thing called an MP3 player. And Frank, it blew my mind. And I might have told this story before, but let me let me go on my journey. Frank is my journey. It's story I, time, everyone. What, what I do we got, got? My first MP3 player and had 128 megabits of storage. And That's it a lot of bits. blew my mind. I could put almost a full. I could put almost a full CD on it. No, you know, back in the day, MP3s were like super compressed, right? Because you were downloading over yeah. 56K modems and just, you know, you didn't have a lot going mm-hmm. on. Now, uh, I got that and I was pretty blown away. Now, there used to be uh, a website called like freeipods.com or whatever. Do you know about this? It's the biggest iPods. You know about this? No. You know about this? So I was no. a kid in high school and then in college and I was a hustler, right? And a tech hustler, though, because I was like, I know how to use the Internet. I'm not, you know, I know know how to do this thing. So there's a website. It was called like freeipods.com or whatever. I don't go there. I don't know. It's probably not a real website anymore. But don't go there anymore. In the days of of your before all of the affiliate things, all this stuff, someone was really smart. And they said, they said, hey, well, listen, if we can get people to sign up for magazines or subscriptions or these free trials, if they get so many signups and get referrals and do this other stuff 
you know, blah, blah, blah. You can get, they'll give you an iPhone. You get credits, you get 10 referrals, get iPhone. And there were all these forums and message boards and, you know, um, you know, it's AOL a, chat room. pyramid scheme with uh-huh. an iPhone at the top of the pyramid. I'm not getting it. So uh, what legwork are you doing and how much cash are you putting up? You're putting up zero cash, just like Oh, sorry. Work. This wasn't even an iPhone. It was an iPod. Sorry. Pod. Where, yeah. That's my phone. So it was free iPods.com. So it was, at the top of the pyramid, it wasn't even a phone. It was an iPod. And you would, right. is it an iPod mini, an iPod nano, is an iPod 120 gigs, right? So I went through this thing. And of course, I got one for myself. Dope, dope, dope. And then I was like, so I, and then what people would do is they would, They'd be in these forums, they'd do these things. And it was, it was, it was a big scam basically, but they would actually send you an iPhone. And I, I got probably 10, or sorry, an iPod, like 10 iPods sent to me and I would resell them on eBay. And it's how I would pay my rent in college. That's this sounds like cryptocurrency. So it's just all the old iPod hustlers are now just doing the cryptocurrency. Yeah. So game. I got out of that game a long time ago, but Frank, after okay. I got my iPod, I was working at GameStop throughout the entirety of my high school career and my college career. And what year did I graduate high school? 2005. What years where I was in college? Definitely in 2006. And what came out in 2006? The Zune. And what store for some reason decided to sell the Zune? GameStop, <laughs> because it's a video game store. And there was like a game on it, um, the the Hex game by uh, the- Do you remember the, when like yeah. the video game stores like, Maybe it was late 90s or very early 2000s, but they were just crowded with games. Like they were just games and games and games and games. And then at some point, all the game stores became somewhat media stores and they became like 50% games and things like that. So I think that's like, I think the Zoom must have been catching that little bit of a wave there where they were trying to diversify a little bit. Uh, what What a gorgeous brown device it was. I own the brown one. It was so good. Uh, so during during my college years, I had Zunes, I had this stuff, uh, and on this wave, uh, and you know, I loved my Zune. And actually, that was my definitive device. I had mm-hmm. a Zune, and I, I loved it. it. Use it all the time. Do you know why I use it over the iPod? So you had an oh, so you're oh, I'm sorry, I lost that tangent. I just got lost in the iPod story. So you're an iPod hustler. So mm-hmm. why did the iPod Hustler get a Zune? Is it because it reminded you of your hustle days? Was it because you wouldn't be culpable? Between Is it a, a life split in half the, the complexities that are James? Is it something like that? It was the software, Frank. It was the software. And the oh, Zune yeah, software. software. It was good, the man. Zune software, <laughs> definitively, some of the best software ever created in the entire world. It's so good. It's beautiful, has beautiful animations, the graphics, not only the software on the device, but I'm talking about the Windows desktop software. Now that. Yeah, forget about the device. I mean, the device was nice. That was early Metro design. Yeah. We'll we'll get into it because if we're just talking Zoom UI today, I can can do this forever because I deep dove into it too. It was striking for me also. Um, Windows apps at the time, you had your standard Win32 app with buttons. Mm-hmm. You had your VB apps with colorful buttons because they could let you set the color property. You had your Delphi apps, 
and you had uh, some kind of video gamey apps, and then none of the Unix apps worked on Windows back then, so it's fine. You can ignore all those. And you could always feel that. So those were the kinds of apps. And then the Zune software comes out, and you're like, it feels like a game because it has smooth animation, and it's colorful, and is actually responding to my interactions. And yet, it's a Windows app, because here it is in a window, and it's not even acting that weird. I mean, it was a radically different UI than um, a standard app, that's for sure. But um, you're like, well, maybe this is how UIs should be. And that's that, that began, that was my first impression of it. I vaguely listened to some music using it. The progress bars were a little weird. They hid something. Some fonts were too small, but we can critique it. But then I deep dove into the technology of it, too. Anyway. I'll, I'll stop there and let you go on. <laughs> yeah, the Zune software itself, you know, I think there's there's two pieces of software that really are precursors for movements in software. I think the Zune software is one. In addition, I think Windows Media Center is another one. And in both of these instances, they did not use standard toolkits out of the box. Now, Windows Media Center, which, you know, I went through this journey of Windows Media Center, which is how I got my job and how I ended up being here and making mobile apps and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It actually used a XAML XML type markup, but it had its own, you know, stack, basically. It was like the OG XAML stack, uh, pretty much, where you could make these add-ins. I mean, when I look at the Zune software, it really reminds me of, you know, early, like you said, Metro and Windows Phone type uh, environments that were out there. It was just so dramatically different that it felt so fresh to me. Uh, in these days. And, you know, at that time, I think yeah. we were still rocking Windows 7, right? Yeah. Oh, 2005, 6. I, I think it's even earlier than that because Vista came out in 2005-ish. Yeah, Vista. So I think it was more Vista, Vista timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, it was remarkable. <laughs> well, you know what it is? When I was actually thinking is we have versions of it now because it was you know, whether was it just a reflection of the times or was it a trendsetter? That's for art people to decide. I'm not an art historian. I'm going to say, though, it was my first view into that UI and what it could be. So for me, it's like the Latin of the languages of the UIs that we see now. Um, it turned into Metro on the Windows phone. Metro was a bit of a blend between the actual Zoom UI and then the software. The software was like a gorgeous version of the tiny software running on the actual hardware device. Uh, And then it became like, got watered down a bit into Metro. Metro got watered down a bit into, well, whatever, WPF and then UWP eventually. And then even Apple adopted the design. So Mm. around, um, it, it, it took them a bit longer. But iOS 7 was when we dropped skeuomorphism and put big, bold typography and boring, solid, colored apps everywhere. They are just the worst. <laughs> and what it, what I see it as, these people are, uh, it's like a game of telephone. They lost what the beautiful version of it was, which was the Zune UI. <laughs> you should go back to the Zune UI and see how they were doing things. Like if the iPhone actually adopted the the flat aesthetic properly, they would have copied that UI a, a bit better. I don't know. It's the Latin. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. The Latin of um, media-based UIs. Yeah, there's a lot of good that went into it. And the reason that this is all really coming 
to focus is because uh, Zoom.net is is alive. And you're right, Scott Hanselman has been tweeting all day and all night. I actually had a call with him. He was, he was telling me about what was up. He really hit it well because the Zoom is featured in the brand new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which just came out. Uh, not a sponsor <laughs> of this podcast. Oh, that would be cool if they were. He's savvy, uh, that man. <laughs> yeah. And the Zoom.net website, it's not like a new version of the Zoom or the Zoom software or anything like that. But uh, what's fun about it is that it's like STEM type of stuff. So learning how to code, creating a music player and all this stuff and <laughs> uh, and sort of that has evolved through the process. But Scott Hanselman did, in fact, get the Zoom up and running and working in 2023 through different pieces of software and different things like that. So kind of cool in general. There's a place called zoomupdate.com. Like there's a Zoom <laughs> Reddit. There's I, I didn't realize that the Zoom was so alive. And I know there's been articles that have come out about it, but I think for good reason, just like I actually think that the iPod should be alive and well and running because I no, I nope. think so, nope. Frank. I think Choose we need to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs says you don't need a device for music, a device for this, a device for that, a device for cameras. No, you can just build the camera into the other devices. You know, you don't need separate devices for all these things. Hi, I'm Steve Jobs, and I'm going to introduce you to this thing called the iPhone. And it's cool because it puts all these things together into one device. It's not to say that the specific use case devices aren't cool and don't have cachet and aren't cute, but they're never going to come back. They're never going to be as useful as a multi-purpose device. So yes, it could come back. Microsoft's not going to make any money on it, so they'll probably never do it. Um, it would have to come back in a really funny form if someone actually wanted to make a piece of hardware for it. Plus, you know, it's bigger than I remember. I, yeah. I used to have one because I used it. But um, I don't remember it ever showing up in my move. And I think eventually the battery just kind of gave out and it was too big and I stopped keeping it. The definitive to me, and people can debate this, the definitive Zune and iPod was the iPod Touch and the Zune HD because they were thin, they had nice corners, they were touchscreens, all this stuff. It was really nice. They're the perfect device, and which is a precursor to modern cell phones. I get it, Frank, but... I actually just donated an MP3 player. It's actually really hard to find a good, decent MP3 player for cheap in 2023 because, hold on, Frank, we wanted to get some podcasts that Heather had recorded and give it to her grandma. Her grandma doesn't have a smartphone. How is she going to listen to to stuff? We're going to put it on. I I don't even have a CD drive. I don't have a CD-ROM drive. I can't even put it on a CD. I can't put it on a DVD. How am I going to do that? She didn't have a computer. Oregon, don't you don't you have a record press in Oregon? Is, isn't there someone out back and you just pour some plastic into a bowl and someone makes you a vinyl record out of it? I thought that's uh, how Oregon rolled. I believe so. Although, yeah, I guess you maybe could you fit up. You'd have to put the one half of the podcast on each side of the vinyl. Someone did this. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to. Um, Hello, Internet. They actually um, pressed. I think they had actually had to split it in half. I think it was like 30 or 45. I forget how long wow. a record is. 30 or 45 on one side. 30 or 45. That's fine. Yeah, fun. It, it was very expensive and difficult, but they got it done. That is great. Could you imagine just the amount of energy and effort that would go into making that? Anyway, side rail, derailed. Can we talk about the, the Windows app some more? Yes. Well, you, Frank Kruger, tweeted 10 hours ago. I was so impressed by the Zune UI framework that I rigorously reverse engineered the PC app. Turns out the 
team wrote their own UI controls, render, markup language for it. Not XAML, but better. What XAML should have been. Ooh, that's a mm. that's a that's a intense tweet. <laughs> All XAML lighthearted, but yeah, I mean, Frank, you don't it is. your tweets lighthearted at all you're just like here it is blunt <laughs> midwestern blunt 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 um okay yeah let's talk about it so uh they wrote to to make the app as awesome as the app is <laughs> they designed a rendering engine they designed a way to create composite controls with xml and they would composite all those controls into pages with XML. And they hooked up all the interaction events so that like the text input box works, so that the button works. I was a really good uh, Windows hacker back then. And so I just kind of dove in with every <laughs> every inspection tool you can find to see like exactly how is this window working. And this window in the Zoom case was a DirectX window with absolutely nothing else in it. Normally in a Windows app, you have sub-windows like buttons and text boxes and things like that. Nope, this is a renderer. And so that's how it worked. Uh, that is an elegant, if not incredibly time-consuming way to build a UI, to build your own UI framework. I love writing little UI frameworks, but James, yours and I, it didn't get anywhere beyond button or something like that. You know, it's, it's fun to rough out a new UI framework, be like, yeah, mine's going to be DirectX based and have animations baked in and it's going to be XML based with live reload and all that cool stuff. And then you you finish button and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. This is too much work. So that, I, I want to say it's impressive technologically what they built there. But the thing that blew my mind as a developer, as an engineer at that point in my life was they actually finished it. Like, they actually built an entire UI framework for this stupid thing. And yes, yes, they did. And apparently it was called Microsoft Iris. Is that correct? Because I'm seeing that yeah. not only did you tweet about it, but then there's an entire GitHub organization dedicated to bringing back the Zune slash Zune dev. Yeah, I'm a little bit sad. I think it must have been easier to reverse engineer years ago because I remember when I was studying it, I was able to get to the actual XML and the whole UI was revealed to you so you could see their language for declaring things. Uh, so it you can almost think of it as a precursor to XAML, but the two were developed um, concurrently. So it's not like one influenced the other or the other way around. That's why I say it was almost a sign of the times. People were thinking maybe XML, probably off the high heels of HTML being a pretty good way to build apps. They're like, well, what if we just had HTML but better? What if we just did a better version of HTML? And we'll call that Iris, <laughs> Iris XML or UI XML, I believe is what they called it. And uh, I believe that the, the the Windows team with WPF had the same idea. They're like, yeah, HTML is pretty cool. Let's uh, let's that seems like a nice way to write apps. Let's write apps that way. And but we're going to do better than HTML, and we'll develop our own set of controls. It took the Windows team eight billion people and four years to build WPF, and some psychopath on the Zune team built Iris. And all the controls to make a full UI framework. I, it just blows my the order of magnitude is what blows my mind. <laughs> it's so much work. 
It's true. And like on this uh, Microsoft Iris GitHub, some called called UIX, uh, it says it also like a lot of these files were nearly identical in structure to the Windows Media, the Media Center markup language MCML, which is also a precursor <laughs> to XAML. It's really funny how all these things kind of go back into this XML HTML style thing. I was talking to someone today and they're like, well, you know, what if I'm a web developer, right? And I want to go learn XAML, like how different? I'm like, yeah, not that different. Like I, I you, you, there's some differences mm-hmm. and some syntax and some properties and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's actually the architecture, which I think is the more challenging part. The, the XAML mm-hmm. part is not hard. It's the MVVM architecture stuff because yeah. architecture is not fun, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I just want to go back to to reiterate on the interesting architecture of it. Um, that Iris source code that you can go check out on GitHub, and I recommend everyone go take a look at it. But you're going to look at it and be like, yeah, there's button and, you know, kind of the normal things here. Uh, and there's the rendering engine. That's what's important, too. But then, and just to reiterate, the bulk of it was done in XML. There's just so much XML defining the UI. And I remember in the early days of WPF, when you would do file new project, they assumed like a zero blank state of XAML and everything. So it would copy in like a million files with a million style settings and things like that because there just weren't any sane defaults. (laughs) And so nothing really worked without throwing in all these files. And it was... I always thought that was crazy because like just in style files, <laughs> it, it felt like so much code. But then you take a look at something like Zune where, uh, yeah, whatever, it's, again, the quantity is there. So I hope that in everyone's reverse engineering of it, they have the compiled version of them. Just like you could, in the old days, compile XAML into, what were they, like XBL files, whatever they were, you used to compile XAML into some binary format. All these XML files are compiled into a binary format too, assuming for efficiency. It's crazy to me just how this thing evolved and how it has this great, you know, comeback story. You know, I think that there's a few pieces of software in my life. You know, obviously the Zune was not only software, but it was also hardware. But to me, there's a few pieces of software that are so iconic that defined a generation. And one of them, I think, is the Zune software. I think the other one, Roller Coaster Tycoon, the original. <laughs> it's mm, everything good. about Roller Coaster Tycoon, the story behind it, the development behind it, everything <laughs> like that. Chris Sawyer, the whole thing, the whole thing, how Roller Coaster Tycoon took off, all this other stuff. Wild. Because you can you can boot up, you can boot up like SimCity 2000 and you boot up Roller Coaster Tycoon. You know exactly what you're going to do and it's just going to happen, right? But the Zune software, come out with the Zune hardware, magic the other this is me now people can judge me but i think this is the defining piece the one that has not that i know and i'm not i haven't seen it out there is space cadet which is the Mm. original pinball game that was pre-installed on every single windows machine back in the day you would use the the hover game hover 3d Oh, it's Space Cadet. That's the only one I get. definitive. It's funny yeah. because you're listing those games. I would have given you different ones. I would have said Racer, Racer 3D, you know, but whatever. We we all have our formative ones. But it's fun that we we agree on Zoom was definitely <laughs> formative for all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, can I address my snark quickbait a little bit? In, sure. In, in the end of my tweet there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, this is what XAML should have been. 
what what's neat is because it is older um, and and the Latin of all these languages, they were experimenting, figuring out what should be in these declarative markup things. And this is very different from how React works these days too. But React could take a few lessons from all this. The snark was um, these files were meant to be edited by a human, just the way you would write HTML back in the day. You would write it by hand and you would write these XML files. And that's the original way XAML was developed. So there was a bad day in XAML where uh, it was decided that XAML won't be written by humans. XAML will be written by tools, namely a tool called Blend. It was Mm. when Blend people became very popular and powerful at Microsoft. And Blend was having a hard time generating good quality code for XAML because XAML was complicated and designed for humans. And it was very powerful, but it was very complicated. And it was hard to build a UI for it because it was powerful. (laughs) Yeah. And so... One day it was decided, and I there must have been a company-wide meeting or something, but I just remember the words. They're like, we're now designing XAML to be output by programs and not written by humans. And therefore, we are removing a lot of the fancy, nice features from XAML that just make make writing it, you could say just shorter, but just nicer. You know, the, the way you set properties now, it's like an extra level of indentation than it used to be. And so they remove certain things like that. And it's sad um, because when you look at something like the Zune XML, you see what, in my mind, I happened to, I was lucky I was there, what the original version of XAML looked like. And you're like, oh, gosh, darn it. It was, it was better back then. It was harder for tools to output, but it was better for developers. And so that's what my snarkiness and my tweet was all about. The difference is, as a user of Blend, that used Blend to make beautiful animations and styles and all the things in my beautiful WinPhone and all these other you know, Windows applications I've had, I loved it. Once you learned how to use it, it was just like, and here's mm-hmm. all this stuff and all the states and all the things like this is beautiful. Um, I, I remember the blend is people, people are asked to this day. Well, the funny part now is that I kind of go back to all the XAML I write is by hand, to be honest with yeah, you. I, that's it. Well, by hand one out, sadly, like I, I, I like their idea, but their idea had the flaw that it required that this tool always be updated. And the thing that they weren't anticipating back then was a split in XAML. Mm. Even though they kind of did it to themselves with Silverlight coming out, they're the ones that did the initial XAML split. But um, the tool then became hard because now you have to have the tool for both environments. And then when a third environment came out, like UWP, now you got to port the tool to that. When a fourth environment, Xamarin Forms, comes out another XAML environment, now you got to port the tool to that, which they never bothered to get around to. So it's just... Blend, using Blend as this is the way you do XAML design was just a flaw because you don't design a format where you require one tool um, in the end, human XAML, one out. XAML. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I I don't know what the original XAMLs looked like, so I don't know. So you only know, well, you know, people don't know. Frank a lot worked, of people know. Frank, Frank worked on the WPF team, so. Back in the day, after it was designed. So I don't want to take any credit for the design. So I just got plopped there and they're like, here's XAML. I'm like, oh, interesting. <laughs> New way to build UIs. Fascinating. There, there, is an, there is a episode of Merge Conflict about, so people are newer to the podcast too. I don't want to rob mm-hmm. them of this, which is there is a, 
there was a podcast. I wish we had a video of that back in the day. If you go to me go to search, I probably looked the younger. Frank, I'm gonna do. I think it was called the life and <laughs> life. It was pompous. Yeah. Try life. Uh, Am I alive? Hi. Oh, episode 132, the life and times of Frank Krueger. I'll put that into the show notes. Uh, let's just merge conflict.fm forward slash 132. 132. Yeah, 132. We didn't get 123. We got 132. Um, <laughs> and we still have never recorded mine, nor will we ever. I'm a mystery. Actually, we kind of did a mini one. That we. Time, but... Well, we get we get little drips and drabs. I, I learned some things about you today. I, I didn't know about the iPod lifestyle that you lived. Yeah. Free iPod websites. I wish that there was like Don't some... go there. Right. We need to finish the recording and not have all of our computers crash. Before. <laughs> I know. It's, it's all whatever. Bad, bad news, everything now. Anyways, I think this is really cool. I think that there's nostalgia and bringing back some of this mm-hmm. classic software. I honestly would be down for some classic hardware. I'm just saying I would I would buy a new Zune today. I'd buy you that. would, but you would want it to be a hundred dollars. Who knows? Someone could copy the design. I mean, Lim- it was just a rounded rectangle. Yeah, limited a dish. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think that that would be cool. Like, give me a limited a dish Zune, limited a dish iPod touch, iPod nano. Right. Well, the thing is, pretty, have, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to put on it? <laughs> That's the only problem. That is the issue. So I'm almost thinking you could uh, fit like a Raspberry Pi inside of its case because it was pretty big and the screen was pretty small. So you could almost make like a Raspberry Pi one. Not saying anyone should. Don't devote your summer to building a Raspberry Pi soon unless there already is one on Thingiverse. I like that. In fact, if you go to Zune.net, I believe there is a whole thing about 3D printing a Zune. Oh, boy. It's in, space. in space. In space. In <laughs> space. I'm pretty sure. It says uh, red wire field trip, 3D printing a Zune. So I don't know if they, if they have. I'll put up with this link for you. It's on the Zune.net website. But um, I think I'm a little bit worried, everyone. I don't know. Is, is he trying to sell me an iPod right now? I can't tell anymore. I don't know if I really trust you. Yeah. What am I even talking about anymore? Um, Anyways, this has been a fun uh, journey down uh, this, and I'm going to put some show notes to the Zoom dev, <laughs> GitHub, things like that. I think it's cool that there's communities around all types of software, right? And I think about the Internet Archive, right? Just archiving stuff and bringing stuff around. Or they're in a big battle right now over books, oh, of really? all things. Um, just all, yeah. But, you know, That's these sad. things are important. I- they are. And I want to, I, I, I just like to make fun of Scott Hansen, <laughs> but I love him and I love that he's bringing this back and I love that he got it all into our consciousness and gave us an excuse to talk about one of the great frameworks out there and an okay device. The device was okay. The, 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 the music library was awesome. The device was okay in brown. I like the brown and the software architecture was amazing. Yeah. Good things from Zoom. I like it. All right. Well, go check out Zoom.net. It's a live. It's a website. I love it. Um, there's a school guardian of the galaxies trailer. I'll probably go see the third one. I think I think I saw the second one. I like the first one a lot. Second one's pretty good. I'll go see the third one. Why not? But I don't know. Chris Pratt. Now he's just Mario in my mind the entire time. So, hmm. But that was just a voice. As long as it doesn't have daddy issues, I'm in. It's going to have daddy issues. <laughs> Oh, in Guardians? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, we'll leave it at that. I think that's going to mm. do it. This I think that, you know, oh, you know what I did see? Let's close this out here. Um, there's what is with DC movies? How come well, they try to make something that's not Batman, but only Batman does well? That's the problem. <laughs> there's a trailer for Blue Beetle that I saw at the Super Mario Brothers movie. And Blue I don't Beetle's know anything. kind of an interesting character. We'll see if they do him any justice. That's the problem. Blue Beetle at can the- be. The joke with Blue Beetle is that he is a joke. Blue Beetle is fantastic for that, but he's actually a really neat character. Well, at the end of the trailer, some people in the theater did laugh at the trailer. Now, I don't think because the trailer was funny, but maybe you're right. Maybe there's satire in Blue Beetle itself, but it's going to take a kind of genius to do Blue Beetle. So we'll see if they found a genius to do Blue Beetle. I would like DC, like all this, I would like DC movies to be successful beyond Batman. That's all I'm saying. Hey, they're successful, James, if you enjoyed your time at the movie theater. So are you? what you're really saying is you're definitely going to see it and you're just apprehensive. That's what I'm hearing over here. I, I should probably go see it because I do have a Regal Unlimited Pass. And so far, I've seen one movie, <laughs> which is the new Super Mario Brothers movie. And it's fantastic. Uh, I am going to see the Barbie movie, though. That looks spectacular. We talked about it before, but. I'm a big, big Barbie fan. I'm even wearing my since this is movie hour. I'm looking forward to it too, but I'm not sure I'll last more than 15 minutes. The trick with that one is like, why be just why I I make it to the end. That's the yeah. There you go. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Review over. (laughs) Yeah, and or watching uh, this week's podcast. You can follow us everywhere on the internet. Mergeconflict.fm. That's where you can go. There's all the links to our socials, to our podcasts. You can, you can, if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe in the YouTube music app or any podcast application. Additionally, uh, we have a Patreon. We get bonus episodes. You can see Frank and me and or listen to us every single week. We'll put both of them now, audio and video, special edition um, on the Patreon. We do a bonus podcast. This week, we talked about something. Uh, I believe you can see like a little like 30 second uh, snippet uh, on the Patreon dot com forward slash merge conflict fm it's on merge conflict dot fm that's where you can find everything uh additionally beyond that uh, you can find frank and i on the internet on our youtubes all the things uh anyways there's links in the show notes below thanks for listening until next time i'm jason montemagno and i'm frank krueger thanks for listening and watching. Pa- oh peace